0: Hey, you're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, joined by the man, the myth, the Guy Cortez. Guy. Wow, the, I
1: thought you were the Matt Gunn, and I was just just Guy, but that's, <laughs> I'll take it.
0: We're, we're, we're talking in our polite inside voices because we're in front of a live audience here. We're actually on site at the University of Tennessee, and we've been around the students, the faculty, and a lot of experts in the supply chain world. Kind of finding out about what's happening, what's you know what people are excited about right now, what know? they're
1: seeing. It's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, these events are always great to come to and to absorb a lot of the insights and knowledge of what's happening in the wonderful world of supply chain.
0: Right, and so you know you're one to get involved with a lot of these um, programs here at universities like this, especially this one. But it's a different level of access that you have typically when you get to speak to people who are teaching the future or who are going to be the future.
1: And who are molding the minds of the future generations. Right,
0: and the influencers that are dictating kind of what the conversation is and where we're going right now.
1: And that the better make some money to pay for my social security. So
0: So a lot of the stuff that you hear is grounded in operations and procurement and the regular day-to-day, the meat-and-potato stuff of supply chain. But there's a lot of stuff that kind of touches on the exciting technologies, the the buzz of today, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of the buzz of yesterday as it starts to get implemented.
1: Yeah, the buzz, I think it's always interesting, right? These cycles we go through when it comes to generating new ideas and thoughts, which I think is good, right? It's very healthy to keep thinking about the future, but sometimes we sort of get lost in the the shuffle of it all. And we don't realize that we don't need to always come up with the new new because sometimes the new new is just made up stuff. But anyways, I digress. I know we have a, a sort of a, a path we're going to take here with our early intro ramblings.
0: Right. So along those lines and, and what's new, what isn't, what's hot right now, what, you know, was cool a few years ago and maybe became passe. We want to go into a little bit of that. And we want to take a couple of topics and just sort of look at, you know, where we were with them, with all the hype around them, what the reality became, came. Mm-hmm. And then sort of that longer tale of these new technologies actually becoming part of what we do in supply chain. And so I'm going to introduce a couple of ideas that we've all heard a lot about recently. And some of them we understand a little bit more now, or that we've seen evidence that it works. And some of them where it's still very in and there's a lot of buzz, but we're still kind of getting that phase of, well, is it going to work or isn't it? Right. And so those two things are the Internet of Things, IoT. Ooh,
1: the Internet right? of Things. Love and, it. Um, love And it.
0: blockchain. Oh, don't love it as much, but you got it. <laughs> But you go to any conference and those are two of the maybe top five things that people will talk about when they start talking about the future or that they have talked about.
1: Yeah. And I I would say, Matt, to your point, I think, you know, blockchain this year in particular and really starting last year has been on top of mind, whether it's coming to, you know, meetings like this one or. You know, if you read trade publications or business publications or supply chain publications or if you hear people talk, even if you hear both from the user community and the vendor side, I think the notion or the question of blockchain always seems to to creep into the conversation. You know, we could be talking about transportation management or warehouse management or planning or execution or SNOP or what have you or tiddlywinks. And at some point, someone's going to bring up, well, what about blockchain? What does blockchain do? Well, you know, blockchain this, blockchain that. And I don't mean to downplay it. I think blockchain holds a lot of potential and there's absolutely something that bears or is worth watching, working on, figuring out what it means. But I think, you know, to your point, what it, my, I, we were joking earlier, I think blockchain has become the IOT of 2017, right? If we go back two, three years, you just take blockchain out and put IOT in. And everybody was talking about IOT. It was a
0: conversation. Well, all of these things in the world and they're all going to be connected and we're going to see them at all times and all of that. Well, you know, getting to that point or actually realizing the potential of that was probably a little bit longer term of a project than just throwing out that term or starting to think around the possibilities. And yeah, exactly. I mean, like you're saying, I don't want to downplay blockchain because there's some incredibly smart people focusing and a lot of money being invested yes. in that space. Way right smarter now. than us. Yeah. way smarter than me. <laughs> We're not qualified to talk about uh, perhaps the science of it or distributed ledger. Right, and, the- and Go into the exactly how it works and everything else. But People are really into the idea and into applying that idea to all of these mundane tasks or these tasks that are really hard to control or, you know, have accountability around Mm -hmm. and try to solve for that big pain point. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're probably going to hit a point in the next year where all that talk is going to have to turn into some sort of action. You've seen partnerships between vendors and shippers, you know, big, big companies.
1: And you're seeing, you know, and you're absolutely right. I think the question I have for all the, the blockchain experts out there, and I, you know, um, have befriended a couple of them in the past few years, a lot longer, and I, I respect their thinking. But the question always to me is, well, what's the use case? You know, what what are the use cases that make sense of this? And to your point, Matt, you know, we hear like IBM and Maersk talking about making the supply chain, blockchained, whatever you want to call it and you dig into those thinkings and those articles that they've written about and you realize that's gonna take a few years, if not more than a few years. And what does it mean? What is it gonna lead to? What is it gonna do that's different than today? You hear people like Walmart talking about using blockchain to do food safety. Perfect, makes great sense, but it feels like it's a use case that's still in the hypothetical and not a use case that really has, I don't wanna say legs, but, but it's a great idea but we haven't seen it executed yet, right? We, we don't know what it looks like. We don't know what the investment is in terms of software, hardware, security, data, you know, what, whatever that may be. And, and what does it look like? So I think we're, we're still, at least for me personally, I think we're still, we're still struggling at least to find those use cases that are tangible, right? Who's going to stand up and say, yes, I blockchain my whole, you know, East Coast supply chain, and this is what it's doing. This is what it looks like. This is why it's better, this is why I'm getting more efficiencies. This is why I'm able to do things I couldn't do before. You know, we, we've yet to see that. We see it in the theory. We don't see it in the practical. And I think that's okay
0: because everything started out as a theory. And in, in supply chain, especially in the technology side of it. I mean, so much of supply chain is about reducing risks, reducing waste, about efficiency and speed. And really getting a true digital picture that matches what is actually happening in the real world. And that's where there's so much hope is right. that it ties the physical, this big global thing, this big network of things with so many different partners and so many different humans interacting on a problem right, or on a challenge at any given time and helping solve for human error, helping solve for the accounting, helping get that data more real time, getting you a better version of what's in front of you. And so... Anytime a new technology is going to solve that, that gets exciting. And so that's kind of where we start thinking about the IoT, because it was a very similar thing. When we got excited about it, it was because now all of a sudden we're turning on all the lights on Mm -hmm. all of the nodes of the supply network. And we're going to have some very digitally visible and very tangible evidence of exactly the status of any piece of inventory, anything that you're moving through the supply chain at any given point, all the way to the end consumer.
1: And you're absolutely, I think to your point, you know, when you think about, like I mentioned earlier, like you, you think about two, three, four years ago, you know, this Internet of Thing thing, Internet of Thing thing or phenomenon really exploded, right? People got very excited, rightfully so, for the notion of being able to shine lights on your supply chain that was otherwise dark. Why? Because we didn't have the sensors, we didn't have the readers, we didn't have the ability to collect the data from parts of our supply chain that all of a sudden... What basically amounts to more beefed up RFID was going to bring to us. And I think it's sort of a perfect storm, right, for IoT that happened a few years ago and, and maybe even longer than that. But, the, you know, you look at the cost of computing, obviously it was way down. We all know Moore's Law. You see the, the cost of communications was way down. So in terms of what was it was a 3G, 4G network, LTE, Wi-Fi, you know, super Wi-Fi, what have you. And then the devices this the hardware, right, was getting easier or, or less expensive. And storage, right? And the day, if, with IoT, if if it really holds out what it's supposed to do, it's going to tr- create a tremendous amount of data. You know, by some statistics I've seen, I think GE was saying their airplane engines can throw off upwards, if not more than 2,000 pieces of data per second. So, you know, what, a flight from New York just to, to Paris is six hours. So I'm not that good at math, but six hours, right? 60 seconds per minute, per hour, I mean... That amount of data adds up very quickly. But I think what we need to look at is IoT was hot because it was the quote-unquote new thing. We all talked about it. We were all looking. We were searching for the use cases. I think the interesting thing between IoT and blockchain is that IoT actually had use cases almost before it became hot, right? We were already seeing the use cases with, I just mentioned, GE and their airplane engines or Rolls Royce and their airplane engines or John Deere and their tractors and farms or farmers in general with sensors all over their farm, right, being able to uh, monitor and understand their crop yields remotely. So we already had these use cases um, even before it became… I think we're about to get today. a Let's Go
0: Vols start. I think, job, I think we way.
1: are, but I think that's because that's we're in front of a live audience. That's right. That's what happens. That's the what unpredictable
0: happens, is possible.
1: The unpredictability. If we had blockchain to block out the sound… Uh, right.
0: We might actually be able to quantify a this a little bit. Yes.
1: But I think what, what we're seeing today is, you know, that newness of IoT has worn off. Now that's turned to blockchain.
0: And one, one thing that strikes me is that when it comes down to it, well, the IoT was a new-ish concept and a very exciting concept, a lot of the tools and technologies that ultimately have helped us get to a point where this is becoming a reality have existed for a while. Yes. RFID techs have been around what? 90 years Well I would argue and, and people
1: have, I've seen people argue this and I'm hundred percent behind this if you really think RFID started in the past few years I'd say no you know look at I think it was in the 19, sorry 1974 Wrigley put a barcode on a pack of juicy fruit and that barcode was scanned in a supermarket in Ohio. One could argue that's the beginning of, of IoT, right? That's the first time you had sort of an inanimate dumb object, pack of gum, that was scanned digitally, that threw off a certain amount of data. Now, back then, it was just the price or the skew. So not very sexy by today's standards, but it's still data. It's still digital signal being thrown off. And then you fast-forward to today, where obviously you're, you're able to collect a lot or host a whole amount of data, more, more data on these objects are being thrown off. So to your point, yeah, it it took this long to get sort of some really tangible IoT examples. But I would argue IoT has been around for a while. I mean, I think it's the same analogy where people talk about, and I'm sort of shifting gears here a little bit, but people are like, well, autonomous cars, like they, you know, they just came out and it's so amazing. And, And one could argue, well, cruise control was the beginning of autonomous vehicles and driving. And that's been out for since the 80s. So how do we measure sort of the lifespan. So I think with blockchains the same thing. I think we're very early on with blockchain. I think blockchain is getting a lot of hype partially because we're always in search for the next hot topic. It was IoT three years ago, two years ago. Now it's blockchain. Does that mean that 2018 is going to be a tipping point for it? I have no idea. I think we're going to see more use cases coming up hopefully. But I do think it's going to take time if you look at things like Maersk and the IBM side, you look at things like Walmart and their food, right? This is not going to happen in six to 12 months. This is going to be a long-term process. So I would also argue for us and for supply chain professionals is to maybe pump the brakes a bit on blockchain. And what I mean by that is don't ignore it, don't shelve it, don't pay attention to it, but be prepared to be in for the long haul for truly tangible use cases, just like IOT.
0: You can't forget what your um, ultimate outcome is, what your ultimate objective is. And a lot of times, and when you have to get creative within working with what you've got or what's available right now, it does take a mashup, different technologies and different things, some of them old, some of them new, that ultimately solves the problem at the end of the day. And then you kind of tailor it for the need. I think with blockchain right now what we're gonna see and what we have seen is an explosion of new companies trying to do it, whether they're established or whether they're startups or whether they're, you know, someone that's completely pivoted into this new world because it's where the money is right now. And some of these are gonna qualify in and some of these are gonna disappear. I mean, if you're a company and you're working with one of these vendors, you have to kind of understand the risk that you're not gonna flip a switch and be there.
1: And it's, you know, I think the statistics I saw too was that VCs a few years ago were pumping a ton of money into blockchain-type companies in Silicon Valley, and then two years ago it sort of dried up. I don't know what the numbers are for this year. I'm I'm assuming maybe it's ticked up a little bit more, but I think what's interesting, again, is that this is, you know, we, and maybe you and I are just as guilty of anybody else, but we in the world of creating content and, and ideas we're always trying to find a new idea and try to explore it and discuss it. And I think that's what's happening in blockchain. The reality of actually doing something with it takes longer, right? It's a longer tail. So I think right now that's what we're seeing, right? It's the cool thing. It's got potential. We don't, in my opinion, have real tangible use cases yet that we can point to. Those will come. I think that people in supply chain need to understand what does it mean for them, what's the opportunity. I think people in supply chain and in most businesses need to understand what are the use cases that they need to work on where blockchain will be better than what they have today, where blockchain will help them do something they can't do today, and then have a, a medium to long term plan around it. Like they need to realize this is not gonna you know, we're not gonna be sitting here this time next year and we'll be on to the next topic, but blockchain projects will still be going on and will still not have come to a full fruition yet.
0: Yeah, it's just one more piece of this big long journey that we call digital transformation. And it's not any one technology or piece that goes into solving it and getting you through that journey. And really, I mean, I know that there are people in the blockchain world who say blockchain will be the end be-all for all of your supply chain needs. Maybe it will. But the reality is, again, and what we've seen is that it's a big combination of different disciplines and technologies and practices that make you move forward somehow. And so
1: there's no magic bullet, right? And you're absolutely right. I think, you know, we mentioned Walmart and you look back at Walmart in the, what was it? The, the mid or the early 2000s, right? When they were telling all their vendors and suppliers, they need to RFID everything. Look what happened. You know, people put a ton of money into it. I, I remember talking to Castrol Who you know kitted out an entire factory providing motor oil to Walmart stores where it's all RFID'd? And and you know they were struggling with issues like being able to read through liquid, which wasn't happening. And what happened? Well, it kind of fizzled because I don't think Walmart was able to get the suppliers to live up to the hope of RFID, but I think we learned a lot of lessons from it. I think there's RFID's come a long way, all these things so. You know, I think it speaks against this notion of what we see, what we talk about from a next-generation technology, from an innovative technology is fantastic, but we also know that the road towards getting true use cases, getting true functionality out of it, a lot of times can be a little bit longer
0: than what we can say or theorize about. Yeah, absolutely. You just can't hope for, for that one thing that's going to, Change everything overnight. It is, it's a big journey and control what you can and then continue working with the things that are making tangible differences today with an eye toward the future and that understanding that it may change and that these new technologies and these nascent things that we're talking about now could very well have a very big impact, yep. even if it's not right overnight.
1: Let's be patient. Yep. And let's look at like IoT. IoT, if we look at it from the 80s or even before then, it's been around for a lot longer than just the
0: past five ten years absolutely and so it is all a journey you've heard it here folks live live from Tennessee from Knoxville Tennessee you know, Our, a little of the flavor and the color of the place it's been fantastic
1: doing uh, it in front of a live audience we really appreciate it yeah
0: for those of you who downloaded this show thank you for listening to Supply Chain Radio I'm Matt Gunn joined by Key Orten. 10 find us on iTunes and uh, the Google Play Market or your favorite podcast network thanks for listening